Arlene, as we uh, count down to Christmas, you've been giving a lot of thought about things that you can share with us that can help us hopefully make Christmas a special time of year go a lot smoother and maybe be one of the best ever. So for starters, Christmas last year uh, could have been unusual for a lot of us because of the pandemic. I know it was for us. And there's still concern about COVID going on and so forth. What are your hopes for your family and for others as this Christmas rolls around? You know, I'm so grateful that 2021 is a little different, you know, than 2020. I think in 2020, we were all, you know, looking for something like, I wish there was something to do. And, you know, this year for my family, since school has started, activities have started, we've kind of been ramping up and doing more things. I'm kind of looking forward to that, to the going back and sleeping in a little bit more slowing down a little bit more, having a period of time to reflect on the year, to reflect on God's goodness, what is he doing? And so my hope is that we will be stirring up a lot of gratitude, and Christmas, of course, lends itself to that. And then for 2021, let this be my hope is it's a time now to reconnect with family. Maybe there's family that you haven't seen for many, many, many months, and this is your opportunity. You're going to do it. You're going to get on that airplane. You're going to take that car ride, whatever it is. But I think it's lovely when you can say we're not going to meet on Zoom. We're going to meet in real life, face to face. And for us, that does look like meeting with cousins and, uh, you know, and cousins that that really we have maybe only seen once through those since the pandemic started. So that's going to be something very happy. And I know that's something that will be echoed throughout the families, um, you know, all around the country of this is great. Let's get back together. And we're hoping 2022 turns out a lot better, too. That's right. So Christmas, of course, is about celebrating the the birth of our Savior. Clearly extremely important. Now, as a mom, what suggestions do you have to make this Christmas the kind of celebration that kids in particular can kind of mentally capture and save it for their future? And when they're 40, 50 years old, remember back, man, that was a great Christmas. Any ideas? Yeah. You know, it's so funny, right? Because I've been working on this ebook, The 25 Days of Christmas. I have two high schoolers, one middle schooler. But if I ask them, hey, what's the great mom tradition that I do? They kind of all look at me <laughs> blankly, which makes me think, oh, my goodness. But then we'll say things like, wait a minute. Of course, there are traditions. We decorate our tree the Wednesday before Thanksgiving every year. Uh, the tradition they've been talking about that they remember is when we're able to, we go somewhere with snow. You know, we live in Southern California. There is no snow. So that's a tradition that they, they you know, equate with Christmas that they really like, so that they'll remember, okay, we go to snow. So sometimes the memory is very tactile. It's something you take a picture of. It's something you remember. But I think as a mom... What I am really striving to create is this happy home, a happy atmosphere that the kids, when they're grown and they're adults, they want to come back to, that they'll think, oh, Christmas at my house isn't stressful. It's not tense. It's not like everyone going crazy and, you know, working on baking and decorations and everyone, you know, the the fuse is short. I think many times we have to recalibrate as moms and say, you know what? I don't have to cook as much. I don't have to make this as fancy. It'd be much better if I was a saner person with my children. They would probably appreciate that a lot more. You know, I interviewed um, Sandra Stanley for an upcoming Happy Home podcast, 
And she and her husband, Andy Stanley, have all these grown kids now, but they all love to come back home. And the idea there was for her and her husband, they wanted their North Star, their guiding principle to be, we want to create the kind of home that our kids come back to when they don't have to. And I really like that. And I think Christmas is a wonderful time of year for us as moms to say, how can we create an atmosphere of fun uh, where there's good food and there's laughter and there are board games and their favorite movies and there's Christmas stories and this Bible is open and we're acting out the Christmas story when the kids are small. They've got blankets over their head because one of them's being merry. You know, those kinds of memories, that's, that's the kind of stuff that kids will want to come back home to. And anymore with uh, all the media we have, you can actually have, you know, video uh, stills captured and carrying around with you the rest of your life. Yes, it's so true, isn't it? And and that's something I regret when I when the kids were littler, I would take a lot of video of them. But now that they're older, it's like I forget. So it's true. I'm like, oh, let me take a video of this because someday we're going to think this is really funny. So it seems like the Christmas sales in the stores started around, what, July 4th, something like that. Yeah, but Maybe so. <laughs> we're, we're starting to hear Christmas music, you know, on the radio, Um uh, can can music in particular play a, an important, a positive role to kind of come alongside and help complement Christmas? Music plays such a huge role in Christmas. It is, I mean, it's such a beautiful way to celebrate Christmas. Now, I was shocked. We would have, when the kids were younger, when we still do this now with our small group at church, but we would invite the kindergarten kids, you know, to come over to our house and we'd have hot chocolate and then we'd Christmas carol around the neighborhood. And I was always amazed that these kids didn't know these basic songs that I thought everyone knew, Joy to the World, Silent Night. You know, they're looking at me like, we don't know these songs. So my encouragement is make that music of Christmas as much as we have a hand in it. You know, I'm not talking about don't be upset when you're in the store and you hear music and it's not about Jesus. You know, don't be upset. It's Christmas music. It's wonderful. But the music that you're able to teach your children, those songs, make them about the Christ child. Make them, you know, oh, little town of Bethlehem, oh, holy night. Make them songs like that because they will stick in the heart of children. And I think that's really beautiful. I remember growing up, our church would always have this big musical called the Singing Christmas Tree. And it would be literally like this big old wooden Christmas tree and people would stand inside of it and sing. And one year, my friends and I, we were toy soldiers and we dressed up and we walked down the aisles and it was just the most exciting thing ever. So if there is something with music that your family can participate in and even your whole family can participate in, that's a wonderful way to make a memory. You know, I'm lucky enough to be in a city that Danny Gokey and Natalie Grant are coming to. So I've got my concert ticket and I'm going to be sitting there. And I tell you what, when I hear that music, I know that's going to really help me get in that Christmas spirit for sure. All right. One of the uh, traditional parts of Christmas, of course, is the uh, gift giving. Uh, is there a way to encourage children, especially younger children, to kind of appreciate the role of giving in addition to all the fun of receiving? How do you do that? Right. I remember the kids would always say we'd walk through the store, put that on my list, put that on my list, put that on the list. You know, they're always thinking of what they want on their list. I think if we ask questions a lot, instead of asking, what do you want for Christmas? And that'd be our main question. We could start asking, what are you going to get your sister for Christmas? 
Or what do you think your brother wants for Christmas? Or why don't you go ask daddy what he wants for Christmas? Like talking to your younger kids a lot about, hey, what should we get this person? What do you think they would like? Because it switches the emphasis, right? And then as they get older and they have money of their own to spend, you know, to really encourage that, like buy gifts for your grandma and for your grandpa and, you know, and have the joy of giving that. And then we tried to also put the spotlight on the giving, like that that's the exciting part. So Christmas morning, there to be the fanfare of, okay, instead of you like going under the tree and looking for your name and pulling out a gift, you go under the tree, find a gift that you purchased or made, right? And you get that and you present it to the person, whoever it is, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister. And that's kind of where the emphasis is that, oh, this is the gift I got you. I hope you like it, ta-da, and hand it, you know. So just kind of switching that perspective of, of course, you're going to get gifts. Of course, you're going to like getting gifts. But let's really focus on how can we give to someone else. Kristen Welch, she was a podcast guest here during the 25 Days of Christmas, and she talked about bringing her kids to the store, picking a gift that they really wanted, And then they wrapped it up. They drove to a single mom in their church that they knew with the same age kids. They left the gifts at the doorstep and drove away. And then they drove around again quietly, kind of secretly. And they saw all these kids like looking at these gifts and being so excited. And she said that was just the most fun thing ever for the kids to see. You know, that was a sacrifice. Like we wanted those toys, but we're going to get other toys and we're really happy that you guys got these toys. I think those are great ways to make it more exciting to be the giver. And I understand that you believe there's a method to kind of instill faith uh, instead of worry or frustration or fear using the season of Christmas as an example. Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, look at the season, look at the message of Christmas, you know, darkness, People waiting for a Messiah, you know, people be, they're, they're, they're unhappy, they're, they're waiting for this Messiah, and it's this promise revealed that, that God is going to be born, and it's miraculous. And I think that if we can, in our present day, instead of concentrating on the news, on the headlines, on the, oh, this new thing, and this new thing, and the bad economy, and this terrible variant, or whatever, you know, you're thinking about, I think Christmas is that pivot point to say, you know what, the darker the environment, the brighter the light. And for us to just really ask ourselves, what am I putting into my brain, into my mind? And if it's a lot of social media and news, well, no wonder I'm not feeling all that great. But for Christmas, if we say, wait a minute, I want to be filling my mind with this positive Christmas music, with worship music, with gifts, with reading scripture, with talking about scripture to my children, if you fill your mind with that, then all of a sudden you're not full of fear, you're full of faith. And I think our kids look at us for cues. You know, if we are worried, they're worried. If we are stressed out and concerned, they are. But if we say, look at Mary, she got this really cataclysmic news, you know, you're going to become the mother of God. I mean, that would be a little bit stressful, you know, being a mom yeah. is stressful enough and then realizing I've got this big responsibility. Hey, let, what was her response? Her response was, may it be to me according to your word. And I think if we can go through the whole season and just keep saying, God, may it be to me according to your word, Lord, in my kid's life, may it be to them according to your word, let your will be done, Lord. That's going to instill faith 
And that's going to instill hope that, of course, God has a good plan for you and your children, and you do not have to fear. And, you know, that's what Gabriel had to say over and over, do not fear, because it is scary when God breaks into your life. It's intimidating. What's going to happen to me? But, of course, that message of Christmas is do not fear. God is with us. And, of course, uh, this time of year, um, just past Thanksgiving uh, and coming up on Christmas, there will be family get-togethers. Possibly, if the family lives nearby, there could be multiple get-togethers, even going ahead to New Year's and so forth. So when you have a family getting together, you're going to have various age brackets and even, you know, different belief systems kind of, you know, circling around and table talk and yeah. so forth. What What's a good common denominator to, to keep it cool? Yeah, you know, food, I think of food right away because no matter what your politics or your age bracket, whether you use Instagram or you don't, you like food. <laughs> so really enjoying different you know foods together, but obviously more than just eating together. It's the it's the idea of breaking bread together, talking to each other, getting to know each other, re-getting to know each other. So I think it's super important, like teach your kids, whether they're, you know, elementary school kids and especially, you know, teenagers, teach them when you, we go, go ask your aunt, what happened at work this year that was really significant? What was really awful about this year? Like go ask some questions. And obviously we get it. Like they're not going to be interviewing every person for half an hour, but just one question, you know, just, just tell them, Hey, make sure that you wish them a Merry Christmas and make sure you ask them a question. We tried something one year that was kind of fun at one of these family gatherings. And I just called it couch time with grandma. And all it meant was grandma sat on a couch and a grandchild would come sit with her for two minutes. And we set a timer, literally two minutes, okay, and go. And they said, you can ask grandma anything you want, and grandma, you can ask this child anything you want. And you know, they'd chat away, and then it would beep, okay, next kid. And what it did was it gave a reason for grandma to spend one-on-one time with each kid. And, of course, if, it, if they didn't get to finish their conversation, they could always finish that later on in that time. So make things on purpose like little connection points on purpose, whether you have a, this is such a mom thing to do, I know, but you know, a little table topic on the table that says something like, what was a favorite gift you received when you were a kid? And you know, it's kind of fun for grandma and grandpa, for mom and dad to say, oh my goodness, like for me, I got this Donnie and Marie Osmond like stage and little parties and I just went crazy over that thing. So, you know, just have things that you talk about. And so if that needs to be prompted in order for it to happen, then do that. You, you know, as especially we moms, we're good at that. So, so look for games that you can play together. It could be card games. It could be, you know, when, if you've got younger people, you know, we used to play, we used to have Nerf Wars together, or we would play ultimate Frisbee together, flag football, you know, with your younger members, you can do this. And with your older members, you can just play cards, whatever it is. But, you know, plan a game that all the generations can do together. That's always really fun. Thinking specifically of uh, kids who are growing up into an age bracket where kind of like Christmas isn't maybe so cool or at least, hey, I'm not a kid anymore and it's not as exciting as it used to be, et cetera, et cetera. How do you deal with a person, whether they're uh, you know, a teenager or a teenager, even a young adult, yeah. you know, when you've got someone in the family, uh, perhaps someone close to you or someone visiting, is there a way to kind of settle that? Yeah, I would, you know, pray for this person and just pray like, Lord, help this person enjoy Christmas and help show me how to draw them out. And then I think just be kind of wildly optimistic about this person. I know it's easy to write off people like, oh, they're just tuned out. 
But it's very possible that they just really wish someone would force them in. You know, sometimes we think, oh, let's just give them space. They don't want to be involved. But many times, if you just insist, like, you have to come. If you're not here, it will not be a special. Please, you have to come. Like, really be insistent. Like, we want you here. We want you here. Because I think when it all comes down to it, all of us like that. You know, even if we pretend like we don't like it, we like when when we're invited in. So don't give up on that person, whether it's your 13-year-old that you feel like you can't coax out of their room or their 22-year-old that you're trying to get to come back home. But don't give up and just let them know they're invited and they're super, super welcome. And then I think the more involved you are, like the more skin you have in the game, the more you enjoy it. So if someone is not really into it or thinks they're too cool for Christmas, give them something to do, like a special dish that they're going to make. Maybe you've got a wonderful baker or maybe someone just makes the most amazing stuffing or whatever it is, like get them involved. It could be like, hey, learn a new recipe on YouTube and surprise us on Christmas and we will eat it. Like whatever you make for us, we will eat it, you know. So finding ways to get them involved so that they're needed. I think that's so important. Like I know it's sounds so little we do a pollock for christmas and there are dishes i always make the cranberry sauce and i always bring the yams and i usually bring the ham and it makes me feel needed like oh if i wasn't there right it wouldn't be complete and i think the same thing is true with our kids and our tweens and our adult kids like give them something that is special to them that hey if if you weren't here that we're really going to miss that. And I think that involvement, whether it's maybe they are going to play the piano, for, they're, a, they're a musician and they're going to play for us, or, you know, whatever their talent, their skill is, that it's something that is shown, that's appreciated, that's part of the Christmas celebration. I think that's a way to make everyone feel like, hey, this was really fun. Arlene, you have so much wisdom. It, it's amazing. Now, you have an ongoing podcast, speaking of wisdom availability, uh, it's on Access yeah. More. What kind of t- topics do you cover, like, uh, you know, week to week? Uh, and how, how do people yeah. find Access More where you are? Yes, it's the Happy Home Podcast. And I can brag about this podcast because I have the most amazing guests. So we're focusing on marriage and parenting. So the questions that you have, does my child have ADHD? Why is my child struggling with anxiety? I don't really feel romantic with my spouse anymore. All these different questions, financial, how are we supposed to save money? When All these types of issues, that's what we get into with the Happy Home Podcast. And I have amazing guests that come. Dr. Gary Chapman's going to be one of my upcoming guests. He's going to be talking about how to connect with teenagers and also all the life lessons he's he has learned through doing the love languages all these years. So it's going to be an amazing podcast podcast and and that's at accessmore.com or the access more app and the podcast is called the happy home and every week there is something new there for you and you can look through the archives and you can find exactly what your need is right now maybe it's too much technology with your kids you don't know what to do they're being disrespectful you just look through there you will find something that's going to answer your question arlene thank you so much for sharing with us thank you so much for having me richard